And now, live from Atlanta, Georgia, everyone's social media friend, it's Deb Creer. Every week, Deb talks with the movers and shakers, the experts, the best of the best in social media, bringing you all of the latest tips, techniques, and trends for successfully using social media. In social media, there's only one constant, Deb Creer. Good morning, good morning, everyone. I am Deb Creer. I'm the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And today, I am talking with someone who, yet again, I have never met in person. But that is what is so cool about her topic, because her topic and her subject matter, and she is an expert in this, is how we connect with other people that we need to connect with. And so please join me in welcoming Joyce Lehman. Welcome, Joyce. Good morning, Deb. How are you? Oh, you know, aside from a little seasonal allergies here in the, the old ATL, I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Much better. I appreciate you letting us put this call off a week. I think we were yes. both under the weather. <laughs> we were, we were, you know, and that's the nice thing about, you know, it's my program. I can do what I want. So, hey. you know, I, I can postpone it. So cool. Well, for people who don't know you, Joyce, let me give just a little bit of information. So as a former wallflower in the world of business networking, Joyce knows firsthand what it takes to overcome the greatest obstacle you'll face, the four inches between your ears. Joyce Lehman is a national speaker, author, and presenter at TED UMKC, oh, TEDx UMKC. She is a connector of people to each other and to new opportunities. She's been referred to as a walking LinkedIn. One of my favoriteest people in the world, Bob Berg, the best-selling author of Go-Giver and several other books, calls Joyce the greatest networker in the world. She recently launched a podcast, In Layman's Terms, and it hit the new and noteworthy section on iTunes. Joyce was fortunate to tap into information that transformed her life. She sought training in the Pacific Institute's cognitive processes, the same processes which are based on research of the University of Stanford and Washington, to just name a few. It all starts with how you think, and then it builds on how you connect. Joyce's passion is inspiring people to step out of their current habits, push comfort zones, and navigate change to leverage new opportunities that are already surrounding them. She combines her extensive training and experience in the science of mindset and the art of business connections to provide the one-two punch that gives her clients an advantage over their counterparts and their competition. Her practical wisdom can be immediately applied to turn everyday encounters into real results. And what we're really going to be talking about you know, is connecting, but Joyce has this great book that we really want to focus on, and it's called Your Connecting Advantage, Success tactics to turn life into one big networking, no, scratch that, one big connecting opportunity. So again, Joyce, welcome. Well, I'm happy to be here. We're going to have so much fun today because, you know, as I always do, we, we talk about social media, which is part of one of the tools that you talk about, but there's so many ways that people need to be connecting in this business world. And, you know, I'm, I'm waving my book here in front of the microphone. Here's, here's my book. Um, and it has all these sticky notes in it that I was going through and putting in as I was reading it of things that I wanted to remember and then things that I wanted to ask you about. But it's, it's so cool because 
there are so many tips and techniques in your book. But let's start, you know, just at the very basics. You mentioned that you were a wallflower and you were having to go to networking meetings. How did you get past that? Because, you know, I don't care what anybody's personality is. There are times where we are all a wallflower. You know, we can be the most extrovert person in the world or, you know, an introvert or, you know, kind of that in between. But how do you get past that point? Well, the biggest thing happened for me, you mentioned the Pacific Institute. It was back in 2005 and networking was a part of my business because I had just shifted my career and I knew I needed to get out and network. The problem was I really didn't know what to do. I was Mm -hmm. uncomfortable in situations with people. So Mm -hmm. I would literally go to events and you would find me standing next to the food table or hanging out over in the corner because I didn't have the confidence to walk up and introduce myself. It was truly, I didn't know what to say. And everybody looked like they were hanging out together and why would they want to talk to me? And I'm new to this. And it was just, it was a combination of self-confidence along Mm -hmm. with, I just really didn't have a clue. Right. You know, and, and I think we have all experienced that where maybe it's a new group. You go in and clearly everybody there knows everybody else. They're chatting. They're having a good time. And I mean, sometimes you even get that look of what's she doing here? You know, and, and or, you know, it can be that maybe, you know, some people or as you said, you're just not sure what to say. So how do you get past that point of not wanting to turn and just run out the door? For me, it was two things. I had the good fortune of meeting a woman. Her name's Denise Mills. I literally credit her with changing my life. Mm -hmm. I heard Denise speak at a networking event, of all things, on networking. And when I look at the shift of where she came from, small town in Iowa, born and raised, and now she consults with leaders around the globe, Mm -hmm. when Denise and I had a conversation, she simply, this was after the fact, she said, there's this program you need to go through, and it was from the Pacific Institute based in cognitive psychology and social learning theory. So going through that four-day program, literally the light bulb moments were, it was like I had paparazzi in my brain. Mm -hmm. Not only did it help me to understand conscious, subconscious habits, attitudes, all these things that drive people, but it helped me to go, wait a minute, this is where I'm at. That's a comfort zone, right? I'm uncomfortable Mm -hmm. in those events. So it gave me the mental tools that I needed to start applying them in a practical way And that was one of the big things is, okay, I need to get out and network. So what can I do mentally to prepare and then push comfort zones and start to look forward to it versus literally be, I don't want to go there. I don't know what to say. I'm just going to go hang out in the corner for a while. Mm -hmm. That was instrumental for me. The other one, and you mentioned at the beginning is Bob Berg. And Mm -hmm. I've heard Bob speak. I've been in an audience with 6,000 people and he's the main stage speaker. So having his books, The Go-Giver and Endless Referrals, those were like my guidebooks. So Mm -hmm. I had that step-by-step process. So once I had an idea of what to do, along with how it worked in my mind, you know, those voices in my head that I had to Mm -hmm. overcome, and it wasn't like it was an overnight transformation. I want people to be very, very clear because I made a lot of mistakes and stumbled and didn't have a clue, but it was the willingness to get out there and see what worked. And it's like, oh yeah, that worked. Okay, we're going to do that again. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think one of the things that people tend to to forget is you do have to learn from your mistakes and you know so maybe you shouldn't go to an event that has a hundred people 
maybe the best thing is 10 people, you know, and, and you find what works best. Maybe there's a different venue and, you know, an, an industry, all these various things. So you do have to experiment a bit to find out what really works for you. Of course. And that's why in the book, as I was doing research, one of the things that I talk about is sweat working. It's a mm. term that people are familiar with on the West Coast. You know, you put on your, they have board meetings. You literally put on your wetsuit and grab your surfboard and you mm-hmm. go have a board meeting in the ah. ocean. Mm-hmm. So whether it's a networking event or whether, you know, whether you, maybe you belong to a running club or mm-hmm. you play golf or mm-hmm. I'm a cyclist. So you do something with people that you already are comfortable with because they're enjoying the same hobbies. It could be a book club or a knitting club or a wine right. club. You know, I'm all about the wine, but mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where it doesn't necessarily have to be an event. And I think that's where people miss so many opportunities. And that's the reason I crossed out networking on the front of the book. Mm-hmm. We tend to think about networking as going to an event when your best connections can happen anywhere at any time. Right. Well, and one of the things that you talk about in your book is, you know, if you're very, very nervous about this, and and there certainly are. I mean, I I have a friend who would literally throw up just at the thought of going to a networking event. I mean, it just filled her with terror. And and so you talk about things like, you know, getting used to saying one or two sentences to somebody behind you in the grocery store or, you know, a chat, you know, a very brief chat maybe at church where you start kind of getting out of that shell and you know, really realizing it's okay to, to, to be talking and, and to be meeting people. That's a great place to start because they're strangers and you never know when those strangers can turn into connections. And, you know, right. yeah, that's part of it. You try to see what works. And then the more you do it, you're like, oh my God, I'm not going to die. I'm really not mm-hmm. going to die. This is okay. I'm mm-hmm. going to have those conversations and it's just, yeah, simple. Hey, how you doing? Talking to the cashier. If you go to church, then once again, it's a community. You know, you think about those places where you're comfortable, you've been around people. And I always challenge people, go talk to somebody when you're in an environment that you're used to going to all the time. Like say you do go to church, then mm-hmm. go talk to somebody you don't know because we tend to get in comfort zones and go hang out with the same people. You mentioned at the beginning, you walk into an event and everybody's hanging out with the same folks. Mm -hmm. The goal is to meet new people. So just say, okay, I'm going to go meet one new person. That's it. Just one person. And I'm going to have a very brief conversation. It's really simple for the introverts. Well, and you know, I'm, I'm considered, you know, more of an extrovert as you could probably tell, but you know, there are times for me where you know, it is difficult. And part of that is sometimes I go in, and I mean, there are just times we're just not on, you know, you, you just, you, you went to hear the speaker, that's all you care about, or, you know, whatever you paid the money, you're going. Um, but <clears throat> one of the things you talk about in your book is how to read people's body language when you get ready to approach them, because there are times where it's, it's okay to approach a group and times where maybe it's not so much. So talk to us about that because, you know, I think that's one of the things we don't want to interrupt. We don't want to intrude. How, you know, how can you read the situation to know if it's okay to go up and say, hi, you know, great event we're having here today. If you see two people talking to each other and they're squarely facing each other, and if they mm-hmm. look like it, it's an intense conversation, probably not the one that you want to interrupt at that time. 
Okay. But if you're looking at two individuals and say, for example, their body language, they're slightly at an angle. They're not like their toes aren't directly facing each other. Somebody's open. Then Mm -hmm. that allows you the opportunity to come in and have a conversation. And I always like to say, you know, am I interrupting something? Because Mm -hmm. it just could be they're finishing up a conversation. Or if you stand there for a couple of seconds and nobody acknowledges you, then you might want to come back Mm -hmm. versus hovering over somebody. And the same thing in a group. If you've got a, you know, a group of people, even if it's four people and their body language is really closed and you don't know anybody, then I would not suggest doing that. Because if you're already uncomfortable, it's going to make it even worse. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you can do, though, say you do go to a new event, you're unfamiliar, then introduce yourself to the host. If it's mm. a chamber event, then walk up to the table. They're going to have greeters and tell them who you'd like to meet, You know what it is you do, mm-hmm. the type of individual. So you have to come prepared because too often people do not go into an event with a strategy. They just walk in and then they wonder why they wasted their time. Mm-hmm. So know, what it, know who it is you want to meet or within a particular industry or just explain to the organizer what it is that you do and then ask them, who do you think would be a good person for me to talk to and would you mind making an introduction? That mm-hmm. way you don't have to walk into a group. You've got one of the key folks there who's going to be making those introductions for you. Right. Well, and also at chamber events and and things like that, a lot of times there are ambassadors that are, you know, they have special name tags on and it's their function to introduce people, you know, so find those people and say, hi, I'm Deb. I'm new to this organization. You know, who would you suggest I meet to talk to you about, you know, whatever it is I want to talk about? It's the best way to do it. You know, one of the other things I have found is that if the speaker is not a normal member of the group, a lot of times they're off by themselves because, you know, they don't know anybody. They now, you know, they might be planning their, you know, thinking about their speech. So again, you kind of want to watch their body language. But, you know, it's it's very interesting. I found very often that many times, or people are afraid to approach the speaker. <gasps> That's the speaker. I can't go talk to them. You know, and, and so, you know, frequently I'll go up and I'll say, you know, hi, I'm Deb. I understand you're our speaker. I'm so looking forward to hearing you today. You know, how did you discover the group or, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, and, and of course, they're supposed to be some of the most connected people there. So it's it's always fun to go and talk to the speaker. Of course it is. And one of the things I like to do as well, depending on who the speaker is, is if you've done your research ahead of time and you reach out and you find out what social media platforms they're on, Mm -hmm. since that is your space, but reach out, connect with them on social media. Now, LinkedIn probably wouldn't go there yet, but if they're on Twitter, I'd be all over Twitter, go their Facebook business page. And then that way, when you have a conversation with them, then you can say, oh, I saw you posted It's like do Mm -hmm. that little bit of recon before you, you know, if you know the speaker is somebody you want to talk to, then that way you're going to come in armed with just that one nugget of information. Mm -hmm. And then you might even ask if you feel that it would be a good link in connection, then ask their permission to connect with them. Right. Well, and, you know, when you're doing that, and it's it's great, it's not stalking, it's research. My you know? favorite and, and it's funny, I love that, I love that. Um, and <clears throat> that's so true, because, you know, now, uh, granted, yes, there is stalking, and, and sometimes you do get a little caught up in reading people's posts, but no, we're doing research, folks. 
they might post or tweet looking forward to speaking at the Cobb Chamber, you know, or whatever. And then you can retweet that and say, looking forward to meeting you, you know, or maybe, you know, it's, it's a page, uh, you know, it's on their Facebook and you can say, Hey, I'm looking forward to, to hearing you speak or whatever it is. So then you already have kind of that little point of connection. Of course. And I tell people that it, when somebody's talking, you do want to pay attention because as a speaker, I know that when I see people looking down, when I get done, there's going to be a lot of tweets because they're mm-hmm. talking about what I'm talking about, which is great. Right. So even if you want to live tweet a couple of times, I w- and I'm sure you would say the same thing, not the mm-hmm. entire time, but go ahead and put a couple of things out because then you're sharing their nuggets, which also right. adds value back to them. Mm-hmm. And you want to add too. So right, and I found that is some of the best ways to connect with people online. Um, is at an event, I will look for the hashtag for the event. Now, typically, it's not going to be like a chamber lunch or something like that. More of a conference right. where they do have a hashtag, and so I will follow that. Connect with those people right then. You know, especially on Twitter because that's that's easy enough to do. And, you know, so I start building my connections while I'm sitting there. And then the funny thing is at the break, they're like, oh, hey, I saw that you retweeted me or thanks for the follow. And and then you're you're building that right there. Well, and that goes back to it doesn't have to be on a surfboard in an ocean or even a running club. Anytime that you've got, you know, when you've got your social media folks like you and I, then mm-hmm. that's a common connection. So it makes right. it easier <clears throat> to open the door and have a conversation. Mm hmm. You know, and, and especially if it's the speaker, they're there to make connections also, whether it's that they want to do business, they want to sell books, you know, they, they want future speaking presentations. So they're perfectly happy with people who want to, to reach out to them. Yes. Oh yeah. I know I am. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and it's just one of those things where I think people are afraid to go up to the speaker because they don't want to interrupt them. You know, they, they don't want to, you know, and, and sometimes it is a little intimidating because you're thinking, oh, this is so-and-so, you know, and they're, hello, they're people too, um, you know, and, and so it's, it's something that is, is, uh, you know, and, and there are speakers who they're just a little more reserved or maybe they are focused on what they're going to speak about, or maybe they just, you know, don't want to meet people. I mean, who knows, but <clears throat> it is a great way to meet people. And you mentioned the fabulous Bob Berg. I did the same thing. You know, I met Bob at a conference, walked up to him afterwards because there was really nobody talking to him. And I said, hi, you know, I thought your presentation was fabulous. He is a super person. I mean, you talk about one of the nicest people in the world. He's been on my radio program a couple of times, but he paid you the absolute highest compliment in the world by saying that you are the greatest networker in the world. So, you know, talk to us more about that because we have so many people who are fans of Bob on the program and love him, you know, and, and, and it's great. I have the five laws of stratospheric success here on my bulletin board. And, you know, I give his, uh, you know, I, I give his book away to people, all those things. So tell us how you met him and how, you know, how that all came about. When I first saw Bob, as I mentioned, I was in the audience with 6,000 people. And I did not have an opportunity to talk to him like you did one-on-one, but I mm-hmm. was following him on Twitter. And this was back in 2009. And I reached out with a direct message and mm-hmm. asked him, I said, I want to talk to the guru because I was speaking at Central Exchange on networking and I was going to mention his book, but I wanted to get a nugget from the guy because I mm-hmm. thought that would be even better. 
Right. 15 minutes later, Bob responded to me on Twitter, which blew my mind. Mm -hmm. And he said, here's my email. Send me an email. So once I picked my jaw up off the floor, then Uh I sent him an email. And then he said, call me. I'm going to be in Kansas City next week. Ah. Right. So I ended up going to an event. It was a small event, client event that he had. And it just gave us an opportunity to have that connection. Mm-hmm. I ended up the next year, Bob came back to Kansas City and I co-hosted an event. In fact, I had the honor to share the stage with him that day, which was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I did, actually two of the things that I did is I was putting together an auction at that event and there were different CEOs in the area. And one of the gentlemen, his name's Harry Campbell. In fact, I interviewed Harry. He is my podcast episode number five. Mm-hmm. And Harry wrote a book called Get Real Leadership. He was mentored mm-hmm. by Sam Walton when he was at Procter mm-hmm. & Gamble. He's been a direct report to Dan Hesse at Sprint. And he's now the CEO at Dury Vision here in Kansas City. So you mm-hmm. want to talk about cool people. I had, I read his operating philosophy and it just dawned on me. I'm like, you know, Harry, you need to meet Bob. And Harry didn't know me from Adam at the time, but mm-hmm. he's just that way. Well, little did I know that every time Harry spoke, he held up a copy of The Go-Giver and would talk about Bob's book. Ah. So it was an intuitive connection that I just mm-hmm. thought that they should talk. And then I introduced him and they had coffee and they've been off to the races ever since. The second introduction that I made for Bob is there's a gentleman, his name was Sean Storms, and he wrote for the Kansas City Business Journal. And mm-hmm. little did I know, Sean was one of Bob's biggest fans as well. Ah. Sean ended up doing an interview with Bob that went out to 700,000 readers in 17 cities across the country. Wow. Yes. You know, and it's it, that's one of the things that you talk about in your book and, and I love that you mentioned that, you know, you connected Bob with these, these other people because you talk about how important it is to be connecting people with other people and, and how, how much that benefits you. And then you talk about being a super connector. And I love that concept. So what is a super connector? Well, let's, let's take a step back. Why is it important to be that person who is connecting other people. And I don't care if you're connecting, you know, the local grocery store with somebody who can sell them tomato paste, you know, or somebody that's, you know, Bob Berg, meaning the CEO. Why is it important to make those connections? Because it's not really going to benefit your bottom line. Hmm, maybe. But, But really, tell us why it's important to be doing that. Well, back in 2005, as I mentioned, I had no connections. I didn't have a clue of how to network and I had no influence. I jokingly Mm -hmm. referred to myself as a lovely person. So I was someone who was great fun at happy hour and literally had no influence in business. What I discovered, and part of it is using Bob Burke's philosophy, you're giving without the expectation of receiving anything in return. But the more Mm -hmm. that you connect other people, then that actually increases your influence. And I was doing it by accident. So to me, some people, you know, you think about networking and you're going and it's all about you versus connecting. Mm -hmm. When I walk into an event, I walk in with that mindset of I'm here to make three good connections. Well, Mm -hmm. the connection could be for me, but a lot of times it's going to be for a referral partner, a client. Ah. I'm constantly listening for opportunities because when I Mm -hmm. make connections, then it increases 
It increases my influence. It expands my network. I get to meet more great people. It also takes the pressure off. So if you're only going into an event and it's all about you and you're trying to sell a product or service, then that's Mm -hmm. one of the reasons people feel pressure. But when you walk in and you're like, even at an event that you may be, it's your very first time and you're talking to somebody, you're like, oh, well, I just met so-and-so and and maybe you should have a conversation. Mm -hmm. It's those connections that it truly, that's when you go, that's when you go from networking to connecting and then super connector. Mm -hmm. But super connector. Oh, go ahead. Of course, one of the, one of the the people that you can make a connection with is a wallflower. You know, if you see somebody who's there who's clearly uncomfortable, go up and introduce yourself. I mean, that's that's one of the the ways to to really be helping out. Well, and that's a good point because too often we discount somebody based on their title or what we mm-hmm. think we know of them, and then we put mm-hmm. them in this bucket of they can help me, they can help me. One of my best connections happened in two thousand and nine. Her name's Mindy Heger. In fact, I mentioned her in both of my books. And when I first met Mindy, she was unemployed. Mm -hmm. And I met her at a central exchange event and she was in the student financial aid industry. Well, Mindy's just a great person to know. When you meet her, energy's phenomenal. She's just, she's awesome. Well, when we met, she was in a transition. And I'll tell you what, she's introduced me in to speak at two conferences. I ended up Mm -hmm. coming in. She was a national sales manager for her company. That was the position she got. I did training for them. And now that company's brought me in three more times to do training in that company. And the Mm -hmm. thing was, when I met her, it wasn't a business thing. It was purely, let's have a conversation. Oh, you're going to be fun, right? You're Mm -hmm. somebody I want to hang out with. Mm -hmm. And then it evolves into. So that's that big thing of You know, when you go in with that, I'm going to hand out so many cards and I'm going to collect so many cards. Well, yeah, if you're in business development, but people can also read that sign on your forehead that says, I'm here to sell you something. Yes, I'm desperate. (laughs) Right. And you tend to put people off versus you never know. And it's the same thing. You know, if somebody hears, oh, well, she's a keynote speaker, then they've discounted my network and they don't know that. If I don't have a connection, I will go about finding the connection. Right. And I do have to share in here because it is pretty funny. And it was through all these stories and speaking on the topic for so long that people said, you have to put this in a book. You know, those connections can happen anytime. And one mm-hmm. of the things I want people to know is they've got this great tool called the reticular activating system. Oh, yes. The RAS. Yeah. That's big in your book. And I have used that. That was one of those specific institute things. And no, it's not unique to them. But it's one of those that when I realized when I get clear about what it is, a resource or a person, see, it's not always a person. Sometimes it's a resource that you need. Then mm-hmm. my brain, because we've got over 600 billion bits of information flying through our brain every second. So when you get clear about it, then that's when you start to hear the words in the conversation or you see somebody's name tag and you're like, oh, and it's like magic and it's not magic. You Mm -hmm. just had clarity around who it is that you want to meet or the resource that you need. So that's how it helps you to be more strategic when you go to an event. But I Mm -hmm. will tell you, once again, it goes back to some of your best connections can happen anywhere at any time. And a couple of years ago, I was on Match.com. And I had a client looking for $40 million for a project that he Mm -hmm. was on. 
Now, keep in mind at the time, I did not have private equity connections. I didn't know anybody in venture capital, but I knew he needed $40 million. My Mm -hmm. RAS was finely tuned. So I was out on match on a Sunday night, and I just happened to notice that the guy said in his profile, managing partner private equity firm. I sent and you went ding, ding, ding. Of course, it's like, there it is. So I sent him a message and said, I mm-hmm. want to pick your brain and talk business. And it took on match.com on match.com. <laughs> I know. And it took him three days to respond. I know he was probably a little surprised, but uh-huh. we did get together. And what was interesting is he was not from the Kansas city area. He'd moved here six months before we had mm-hmm. 11 people in common on LinkedIn. He made two introductions for my client one in Omaha and one in New York. I have made business introductions for him and it became a very productive business relationship Mm -hmm. all from the fact I saw him on an online dating site. Now, here's the thing. If you're married, do not go on match or any dating site to prospect. If you're in business development, do LinkedIn, do that because I've had people jokingly say that at a talk. But once again, your opportunities are everywhere. And I'm just thinking it's like, who needs to know who and why do they need to know? And how do, you know, how do you make that happen? One other Mm -hmm. thing I will throw in too, because I do work with business developers and when they're asking their client, it's that one more question, what else do you need? How else can I help you? Going back Mm -hmm. to the go-giver philosophy, right? Mm -hmm. If we're only focused on, I'm going to sell you my product or service, but when you say, how else can I help you? Mm-hmm. An example of that is Brian Thomason. He's the CEO of Blue Valley Telecom, and he's actually out in Manhattan, Kansas. Mm-hmm. And Blue Valley brought me in to do a program for their company, and I found out that Brian was going to be speaking at TEDx in Topeka. Mm-hmm. And I asked Brian, being a TEDx alum, I said, would you like a couple of insights? Because TEDx mm-hmm. is unlike any speaking engagement, and I've right. keynotes with tons of people in the audience. It is a whole different animal. Mm-hmm. And he said, yes. So I introduced Brian. I did two things for him. I gave him the mental piece of how you get mentally prepared to get in the, you know, the visualization and to get yourself in the space. But I mm-hmm. made an introduction to him to Greta Perel. And Greta Perel is my go-to for all my clients, LinkedIn profiles. She's mm-hmm. ghostwritten TED Talks. She writes books. She writes speeches. She's just phenomenal. Well, Brian had already rewritten his talk seven times. He still had, right. He still had six weeks before he had to deliver it. So I introduced him to Greta. She takes the pressure off, writes a phenomenal talk, took what he had done and basically tweaked it. Mm -hmm. His employees were thanking me because now the CEO could get back and focus 100% and put Mm -hmm. his mind in the game. And Brian is thanking me regularly too. And I don't have to say anything because I know Greta is going to do a phenomenal job. So it mm-hmm. goes to your resource partners. If you have great resource partners, you don't have to be selling somebody all the time. It's mm-hmm. those connections that keep you top of mind. They add value. Right. So it's getting out of the, I got to sell you. It's like, think about all the connections in your network and how you can mm-hmm. help each other. Yes. You know, and, and it is about being that trusted resource, that value partner, um, you know, all of those things. But, you know, if you can, you want to be that super connector. And, and you're a super connector, I'm assuming, you know, especially since Bob says that, that you are, you know, the best networker in the world. What is a super connector and what are the benefits of that? When you look at, there's a term called social capital. Mm-hmm. And social capital 
is the number of networks and they talk about social media networks to me being a super connector means I have my in-person relationships the people that I have gotten to know in person but mm -hmm. I also have strong relationships online as well For example, right. you and I we met through your cousin Cassie when I spoke at mm -hmm. an event mm -hmm. because you never know once again when those resources are going to ha be happening so super connectors those are the individuals that they have this network and you don't mm -hmm. have to have a massive network because I want I know that some people who are thinking oh my god I only know 20 people if, if those, those are the right 20 people mm -hmm. right if they are then you can have an amazing network so super connectors it's the individuals that are out cultivating relationships yes you have the conversations in person you know like you and I you're in Atlanta I'm in Kansas City but you know what we might get together at some point and if not we can continue to strengthen this oh. Definitely. Mm -hmm. But it's somebody who has strong relationships. Just mm -hmm. because you have 5,000 followers on Twitter does not mean that you are connected on Twitter. Those are just followers. It's when you reach out to somebody and you say, I need help with, or who do you know, or how can we work together? Mm -hmm. That's the difference of a relationship versus it's another follower. Does that make sense? Right. You know, and, and I was very fortunate when I moved here to Atlanta I connected on LinkedIn with a super connector and it was just a total fluke because, you know, it was one of those things we had a lot of notice that we were moving from Denver to Atlanta. And so I actively used LinkedIn to, to build my network before I ever got here. And I did it simply by looking for people in the zip code I was moving to, sending them a request to connect. And, and we'll talk about, you know, how to personalize that on LinkedIn in a little bit because you've got some great suggestions. But I had said, you know, I'm transferring from Denver to Atlanta in the spring of 2012 and I'm actively building my network I'd like to connect with you on LinkedIn and you know almost everybody did because I gave them a reason to you know why why I was connecting and I wasn't selling them anything um but one of the people that just as a fluke I connected with is this gentleman named Mark Zangari and you know got out here and then you know started working the network backwards going back to it and saying now I'm here <coughs> I'd like to take you to coffee to learn more about what you do because yes, I am a student of Bob Berg also. And, you know, and, and so, you know, I got together and, and it was funny because he told me, he said, I almost never accept those type of requests. He said, but somehow I knew I wanted to meet you. Well, good heavens, Mark knows everybody. And, you know, and, and he was the most gracious person in the world about introducing me, about telling me what, organizations and associations I should be connected with. And, you know, it, it's been, you know, several years now, and I still just delight in seeing him every time because he was so great to me when I first moved. See, and that's the way it should work. That's a great story. Well, and, and it was funny because, you know, it, it was just a total fluke. And he truly is that super connector that seems like he knows everybody. And it's exactly like you said, if he doesn't know them, he knows somebody who does, you know, and, and in your book, you talk about the, the, you know, Kevin Bacon, six degrees, holy cow, you know, with social media and, you know, all of the networking in person that we do, it's one or two people away. Maybe it's three. I think Facebook now has this thing that says we're connected with everybody within three steps in the world. So you never know. And, and I'm, you know, I, I say almost on every program, it's not who we're connected with that's important. It's who our connections are connected with. And I think that is so true. And those super connectors, they know how to work those networks. Um, but they, they're also not asking for anything in return. It's not the, 
I'll introduce you if you introduce me type of thing. It's just you guys would make great strategic partners. You know, you a great business alliance. You know, maybe you two should meet and, and because you, you like the same books. Those are who a good super connector is. Very much so. And, you know, I know soccer. I, there are some soccer moms who are like the best super connectors ever. Oh, yeah. Because it isn't always in a business situation either. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it, it's that person at church. It's the soccer mom. It's that one person that you know you can go to for, mm -hmm. for anything. And right. on a point of that, um, also make sure that super connectors, they tend to have a very broad network. Mm-hmm versus somebody who's networking within their company and their network doesn't expand outside their organization. Mm -hmm. And I run into this when I work with individuals, you know, like folks who are at Sprint, large company, and they get so caught up staying within that right. organization that if something happens or they decide that they want to make a career change or whatever that is, that's the difference in a super connector because their networks are going to go across industries. It's going to be quite diverse mm -hmm. versus I'm staying right here because that's my comfort zone. Or frankly, somebody will say, I don't have the time to network. And then I just look at them and shake my head and say, oh, my goodness, everybody does. Right. It's well, so and even if it's just online, you know, you, you need to always be expanding that network because you do never know when, you know, the company could decide it has to do layoffs or you have to move from Denver to Atlanta or, right. you know, all these various things. So it's always great to have that network. And, and, you know, so let's, let's really talk about LinkedIn and because you've got some great tips here, obviously LinkedIn is the professional network. Um, I use all my social media as a combination of business and personal, obviously less personal on, on LinkedIn, but to me, it's, it's all one type of, of connection, whether it's that, you know, I'm connecting with people who show dogs or, you know, like the same books, the same sports teams, or, you know, can, can be great business partners because those very often overlap. But, you know, you've got some great tips on LinkedIn in your book. So first, why should every, and I'm saying every in bold, underline, all caps, all that good stuff, every person should be on LinkedIn, in my view. But what do you think about that? And if you agree, why? I, and if you don't agree, why? <laughs> no, I do agree. LinkedIn is the 12th most searched website on the internet. Mm -hmm. And 12 people, 12. Right. <laughs> And so for those folks that are like, well, it's supposed to resume, no, it's actually for prospecting, thought leadership, connecting. I don't care if you're in business, you need to be on LinkedIn. But one mm -hmm. of the questions I'll say is, so who has the LinkedIn profile? A lot of people, typically 95% of people raise their hand and they'll say, well, when was the last time you were on it? If you're going to be on LinkedIn, then you want to be on there consistently. I'm on LinkedIn daily, and I'm looking at who's been looking at my profile. I do not right. have a paid LinkedIn account that I am out there every day, and I am posting content once a day. And it isn't always my content. A lot of times it's sharing and influencers. That's how I connected with Jeff Hayden, who's in my book, you know, of all things. Mm -hmm. But to be on LinkedIn, there's a couple of things I will highlight that are really important that goes back to opportunities missed. In fact, there was an article that came through recently from Inc. Magazine that talks about opportunities missed because your contact information is not out there. It's mm -hmm. the photo. It takes one-tenth of a second to make an impression based on a photograph. Right. So getting a professional profile photo, also making sure that your headline, those are keyword searchable terms that you need mm -hmm. to have. 
it can't just say CEO because that's CEO of what or salesperson right. or you know, the more detail you can put in that headline, you've got plenty of space and then write your profile. So people see the benefit, what you're looking to accomplish and put your contact information easily in there. Yes. But you should always be out. And then when it comes to connecting and you set this up perfectly, I never send a, you know, just to check the box. I'd like to connect because people don't know. And then you're making right. it have to work to say, well, why do I want to connect with you? And you're mm-hmm. putting yourself in the sea of vanilla with everybody else mm-hmm. versus I noticed your profile. This is why I'd like to connect. And that point, I just click the friend box because then you don't mm-hmm. have to have their email to do it. Mm-hmm. And then make right. sure that you're following up. And once again, you know, I'm going through now and actually deleting connections because at the mm-hmm. beginning I was connecting to everybody and you don't have to do that. Right, right. Well, and, you know, one of the things that you mentioned in the book, and, and I, you know, about every month, I will forget this and go, oh, darn. The only way that you can personalize that request to connect is from your desktop system. If right. you're using your iPad or your yeah. phone, it just goes bloop and sends off the, I'd like to add you to my LinkedIn connection thing. Now, if I'm sitting there staring at somebody, we're having a meeting and I'm like, oh, let's connect on LinkedIn. Okay, that's fine. But, you know, it, Use your desktop system and do it that way so that you can personalize it. And, you know, in your book, you've got some great templates. I love these. My favorite is the one, and you mentioned it, the people who have viewed your profile but not sent you an invitation, not connected. And because I look at those, and I do have the paid version, but that's just because I want, you know, some more of the features so that I can tell people about them. But, you know, the free version has that. The paid version just gives you a little bit more information. And so I love this. You say, hello, their name here. I noticed that you reviewed my profile. Thank you for stopping by. Connecting on LinkedIn with like-minded professionals is something that I value. It would be an honor to have you as a connection, and I hope you'll accept my invitation. And then you sign it. And I love that because now, you know, I might put on there – I think I've, yeah, I've, I've, I've used something fairly similar or I noticed that you saw my profile. Now I'm fortunate in the fact that there's only, I believe two other Deb careers. And so if they saw mine more than likely they were looking for me, but you know, you never know why they looked and you know, and it's another point that you have in your book. If you don't ask, you know, the answer is always no. So if you ask them, Hey, let's connect. I mean, at the very least they're going to ignore you. You know, they might report you as spamming. So that's why you have to be very careful about how you word this. But I love that. And and I think that's one of those features that so many people overlook because they looked for a reason, you know, they looked at your profile for a reason. So try and figure out why. Well, and that's a great story. It was several months ago. I was out on a Sunday night. See, I am the, I check my LinkedIn profile every single day. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that Roger Lewis, he is the former CFO at Hostess Brands, was looking at my profile. Mm-hmm. I sent him a connection request on Sunday night. He immediately accepted, and we were messaging each other at 10 o'clock on a Sunday night. Right. So Roger was brought in by the private equity team. His story is he literally saved the Twinkie. He's the CFO mm-hmm. who saved the Twinkie. And yay! He, yay, I know. He was looking for his next business opportunity. And in my mm-hmm. profile, the very first thing it says is strategic connector. Mm-hmm. Then it has keynote speaker, corporate speaker, mindset shifter, yada, yada, yada. But when I reached out to him, he said, well, I'm looking for my next opportunity. You're a strategic connector. I thought you might be able to help. 
Right. And, you know, like we said, the least they'll do is ignore you. Exactly. But that goes to why you want to have, when your profile's built up and somebody does click on your profile, then if you've answered a lot of the questions, then they're not going to wonder, why should I connect? Because if you don't have a whole lot of anything, even though you do send a customized invitation, it's still going to leave a question in somebody's mind. Right. So that's why the more you fill it out, the better. And Mm -hmm. it also goes, I say, visibility and credibility. So you want to be a super connector, then it's about being visible and credible, especially on your social networks. And that's not to say that everybody is going to be on Facebook and Twitter, because that isn't necessarily a fit. You've got to be strategic for your business. But Mm -hmm. if you're in business, you need to be on LinkedIn and you need to be using it regularly. Tell well, I'm one of the things, right, right. You know, and, and, and it is one of those things, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of not use, I use it. I go on maybe every other day and, you know, and, and every time I do, I think oh, I should have done this yesterday. So, you know, it's, it's a matter of blocking out time in your calendar. Maybe it's the first 15 minutes, maybe it's 15 minutes after you get back from lunch, whatever. But once it becomes that habit, then you will do it and you'll miss it when you don't do it. Yes. Oh, yes. And you know this, there's great social scheduling tools. Like I use Meet Edgar, which keeps my content evergreen. And so Mm -hmm. that way, like last week when I managed to get sick for the first time in five years with the flu and I haven't had it in that long, I didn't have to worry about posting because I knew Edgar was posting content for me and keeping Mm -hmm. it in my library. So it's just, you know, there's lots of great tools and tricks because that's the other thing is people say, well, I don't have time. My question mm-hmm. is, do you have time to make connections? Well, we all, it, you know, it should be start, it should be part of whether you're in relationship development or business development. That's just one of the things that you carve out that time for. Mm-hmm. Even if it's and, 10 minutes, it's still right. worth it. Right. You know, and, and we aren't talking about a, a ton of, of time. Um, one of the things that I tell people is they should try to add a connection a day. You know, and, and so maybe that's five a week, you know, whatever you, the math is, you know, maybe you add your five on Monday or, or or whatever. And it's pretty easy if you're actively networking because you're meeting people and you're saying, hey, you know, I think this would be great if we connect on LinkedIn or, you know, you've you've seen somebody on Facebook and you thought, oh, this you know, it looks like a great business connection. Um, one of the things that I tell people is you mentioned the business journals. I love the business journals because frequently they do the lists the fabulous 40 under 40 or top women business owners, you know, things like that. And so I go and I find them on LinkedIn and I send them a request to connect and I tell them exactly where I saw them, you know, because again, this is research, this is not stalking and I want to make sure they don't think I'm stalking them. And so I'll say, Hey, I just saw in the Atlanta business Chronicle that you were one of the top women owned businesses or women business owners, congratulations. Well, you know, who's they're, they're thinking, woohoo, you know, they're and or, you know, you're one of the fabulous 40 under 40 or whatever it is. You know, I would like to, you know, connect with you here on LinkedIn. And most of the time they will connect. Now I look at their profile because I want to see, are they active? You know, if it's clear they haven't done anything on LinkedIn in weeks, months, years, then I'm not going to waste my time with them. But if, if it is somebody who is very active on LinkedIn, you know, again, the least they're going to do is ignore you. The the most is you could develop a great business relationship out of it. Almost certainly. <clears throat> you know, and, and it's not hard to add people. You know, maybe you're adding somebody that looked at your profile. You know, five a week is not complicated. But, you know, for somebody who's thinking, eh, 
Okay, add one a week. You know, just start slow, baby steps. It's like, you know, start by talking to the person behind you in the grocery store line. We're not saying leap into this. Take small baby steps, get used to that, and then you can go a little bit more each time. Well, and you bring up a good point, too, is if five is overwhelming, if you can only get out and connect with one person and you do the follow-up, because that's one of the big things where people fall down, so to speak, is Mm -hmm. you go to an event, you meet a ton of people, you get a lot of cards, and then you're not good on the Mm follow-through, then that also speaks to reputation. It's how people get to know you. So I'd rather somebody meet one person a week and send them a handwritten note, follow-up via email, nurture that relationship, get them put in their CRM, tagged on LinkedIn, you know, all the steps and build that one relationship versus Mm -hmm. you're trying to find 20 and you follow up with nobody. Right. Well, and I want to hammer on this, this one word that we're using multiple times. It's about relationship. It's not about, I'm going to sell you my product or my service in the next 10 minutes. Maybe you do, you know, that, that, that might actually work in part of that process, but that's not why you should be doing all of this. It is about building meaningful relationships. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, this is, this is not speed dating folks. Speed. <laughs> I, I've been, I've done some speed networking. I didn't like those, you know, that was, and part of that is because it was very hard for me to, to be in that tight time frame. You know, as you could tell, I, you know, that that's hard for me. Um, but yeah, it just, it, to me, there was really no point in it. Well, and you bring up you bring up a point that I do want to share with folks is, and it's actually, this is in the book too, because I talk about different ways that as you're increasing your influence, you can connect other people. Mm-hmm. And it could be as simple as you invite five people to a coffee mm-hmm. if you wanted to do this yourself. Or Jason Gaynard, who wrote the book Mastermind Dinners and was gracious enough to let me uh, mention his book in my book. He does actually private dinners for a handful of people that he hosts. And the whole point is, is to bring people together that Mm -hmm. he thinks would be good connections. So there's lots of different ways. If you're going, well, I don't have the budget because he actually pays for the dinner. Then it's like, okay, think of two people that you could put together over coffee. One -hmm. of the things that my group, we call ourselves the connectors and we actually do events. So when you're talking about speed dating, one of the things that we do is we sit down and these events take typically two months to plan and pull off. Wow. So we know where the venue is. There's five of us that put it on. We sit down and we each pick four to five people who we think would be good to have in the room. The reason they're Mm -hmm. there is we know they understand relationships. They have a great center of influence. At one time, it was only C-suite business owners. And then we said, you know what? Anybody, they don't have to have a title and they can still be a major super connector, but they have right. shown that they understand relationships and they're about value. And if we reached out to make a connection, you know, that they would do that or somehow that they've demonstrated that they get that. Mm-hmm. So then we put the folks, we have a list that we put together. We pick up the phone and we call them and tell them we're inviting them to an event. And it's typically mm-hmm. a happy hour type deal in a private venue because mm-hmm. we've tried it in an open restaurant and it's too loud because right. we tell them this is going to be unlike any networking event they've ever been to. Because otherwise, if you just say, Hey, come to this networking event, people have the same mindset. Mm-hmm. We also ahead of time, we send out when we know who's coming LinkedIn profiles. We want them to look at the list. 
And ah. we make the connections why they're in the space. Mm-hmm. And so people come to us ahead of time and say, well, I want to meet so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so. Now, Harry Campbell came to the last one. He's like, I don't care. I just want to meet everybody. But, that, you know, Harry's just phenomenal like that. Mm-hmm. But it's very strategic because what happens, once again, people are going to come in and they're going to talk to people they know versus people they don't. So from the speed dating perspective, we make sure that if they have said, I want to meet three people or I want to meet five people or we know somebody's that there to make a connection, we'll mm-hmm. give them 10 minutes, 15 minutes <clears throat> right. max. And then we whisk them off to the next person mm-hmm. to make sure that they're having the conversations. Right. And they can follow up later for a more in-depth conversation if they want to. Yes. And that will do a couple of things is it shows you're connecting people, but it's also you may have background information that they don't know about each other and why it would be that really good connection to do. And that's the mm-hmm. fun step is, oh, so this is the story you don't know. So why don't you two chat for a few minutes and then you leave them to talk and then you come back and you get them to somebody else. Or go back to that simple coffee and bring two people to coffee and then you kind of facilitate the coffee. There's lots of ways that you can do that. Mm -hmm. Well, and, you know, in that example, if you see that they're really hitting it off and and they want to develop, you know, they want to talk more about business, well, then you can, you know, gracefully excuse yourself and let them continue that conversation. Yeah, of course. Well, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, Once you start thinking about how you can make these connections, we really, you know, there's so many different ways to do it. Like you said, you know, it's the soccer moms. Okay, well, maybe it is, you know, there's a group of soccer moms that you know would be really good. So, you know, before the soccer game, ask them to, you know, or after, let's let's go for ice cream or whatever, Um, you know. And, and it is about making those connections with other people. And I want to keep emphasizing that because... To me, that's what it's all about. You know, they'll come back to you and do business with you if the, you know, if it's appropriate. But part of that is because they trust you. You know, we, we talk about Bob Berg, know, like, and trust. And you've built that through being this, this great facilitator, this great connector, you know, and, and if, you know, and people know that you're not expecting something from them. And I think that's one of the key things is because you're not expecting something from them, that helps build that trust. Most definitely. And also keep in mind, too, that sometimes it isn't a business thing. If you help somebody's kid, that, right. can, go, that can go so far. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, once again, is the difference between networking and connecting. Networking, we tend to equate to business, whereas mm-hmm. connecting in general, mm-hmm. then that's the fun stuff. Yeah, I just connected a college kid that I met on a plane headed to Florida for a client engagement to John McGraw, who played for the NFL for 11 mm-hmm. years, who's in Kansas City. And the kid had mentioned on the plane that he wanted to walk on at KU or K-State. He was really frustrated with the college, the community college he was at. And when I mentioned John's name, I mean, his face just, he's like, yeah, I want to meet him. Uh huh. And John's, once again, John's just gracious as gracious can be. And he's now doing work in emotional intelligence and I know him through business. You know, but those are the connections where I had nothing out of it. It's simply... Right. I think the two of you need to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And that also goes to track the connections that you make. Mm-hmm. That's part of that follow through. Yes. Because mm-hmm. if you introduce somebody and to be clear, an introduction is not handing somebody a card and saying, you need to call John. That's mm-hmm. not an introduction. That is not what super connectors do. And it, 
it's in the book. It's where you literally, I pick up the phone. I have conversations. You know, if I met with somebody in person and I tell them I'm going to make an introduction, I go call the other person mm-hmm. and then I send an email. And in the email, I very clearly say, this is why you need to meet. This is a little bit about them. Oh, by the way, here's a link to their LinkedIn profile, contact information. And then I track that in my CRM to make sure that did the connection happen? Mm-hmm. And that way, that's what super connectors do. They don't just drop the ball and hand a card. The other thing, too, is if somebody introduces you to somebody, for example, you know, Howie Fleischer, who's a wealth advisor, introduced me to Pascal Hinn, who's an attorney, introduced me to Chris Batts, who does recruiting for law firms. Well, when Pascal introduced me to Chris, I thanked Pascal, but I also thanked Howie. Mm-hmm. Because the connection came, I wouldn't have met Chris had it not been for how he introducing me to Pascal. Right, right. So track the connections that you're making, track who is making connections for you, because the simple phone call, the handwritten note, and you say, I really appreciate that, wanted to let you know where it was. That's the difference in networking versus being a connector. Definitely, definitely. Well, Joyce, holy cow, we have almost finished the hour and we didn't get to all my sticky notes in in your book. <laughs> so, you know, we definitely have to have you on again. And, and I think it's very important because this is probably the best business topic that, that we have, because if you don't make those connections, if you don't get out there and build those relationships, you're not going to be successful in business. You know, I don't care what it is. You have to do that. So that's why I want to have you on again. But in the meantime, tell people first, you know, we want to tell them how to get your book, which is your, you know, your connecting advantage, success tactics to turn life into one big connecting opportunity. And so how do they get the book and how do they find you and connect with you online? Well, the book, actually, there's two books. My first book is Just Another Leap. And then Your Connecting Advantage are available on Amazon Mm -hmm. and they are in print. They are on Audible and they are also in Kindle. Cool. I highly suggest that, and you know this because you've got tons of sticky notes in your book, there's literally a tactic on every page. Yes. So if you listen to the Audible version, you better have a notebook because it's going to take you, it will take you weeks to literally do step by step by step. So it's mm-hmm. all in there. This isn't just a read and then you get a guess. It literally mm-hmm. is a guidebook to walk you through the process. Right. You can also visit my website at JoyceLayman.com, and that's J-O-Y-C-E-L-A-Y-M-A-N.com. You can find me on Twitter at Joyce Layman, of course. I'm on Facebook at JoyceLayman.com, or excuse me, Facebook.com forward slash Joyce Layman fan. And then at the very beginning, you mentioned my podcast, which is on iTunes. It's called In Layman's Terms. I have the best last name ever. I had to. I know. Don't you love it when that works? (laughs) Thanks, mom and dad. But that's where I combine both topics of the books. And it is a business podcast. And I, it's an interview podcast, just like what you're doing here, because I believe that there's incredible people with information to share. So it's from that, you know, what's the backstory and the challenges and how you overcame the challenges and how you built Mm -hmm. network. And, you know, there's some how-to episodes in there, which you're going to have to be on my how-to episode for the social media piece. But Oh, I love it. I know. Fun, fun, fun. But there's lots of ways to connect. So if you go to my website, it'll connect you to everything. Or you can just find me. Like I said, social media, I'm all over that. Cool. 
Well, I have been having a great time talking with Joyce Lehman. We will definitely have you on again. I am Deb Creer, easy to find, D-E-B-K-R-I-E-R.com. That's where all my social links are. And until next week, everyone have a great time. Thanks for listening to Deb Creer, your social media friend. Tune in next time to listen to more great tips, techniques, and trends for using social media. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.